Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm originally from California, but I'm living in beautiful Wuhan, China. And everybody, hope you're having a good day. I'm Alex Shu. I am talking to you from the center of China, Beijing City. And where are you originally from, Alex? I am from the northeast part of China. It's a beautiful city called Changchun, which means a long spring. And it's in Jilin province, the northeast part of China. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Today, we're going to be talking about Chinese New Year. It is a huge deal here in China. You know, like in the United States, it would seem the biggest holiday would be Christmas. So it's like a huge deal. You know, kids get like two weeks off for Christmas, like in the US. Yeah. And there's like two days. You have Christmas Eve plus Christmas. Maybe you have like as soon as Thanksgiving's over, people start throwing up their Christmas decorations. So this is similar kind of parallel between like a kind of mid-winterish kind of thing. Yep. Although I think Chinese New Year technically marks the Chinese lunar calendar's beginning of spring. Is that right? Yes, that is why it's also called the Spring yeah. Festival. Mm-hmm. It's 12 usually, but this year is a little mm. different. Apparently this year, there's only in the Chinese lunar calendar, there's only 29 days in the 12th month, uh, the lunar calendar for this year. So you know how usually we call the the um, the Chinese New Year's Eve, we call it Chuxi, right? That's also Danian Sanshi, I think. Yeah, Danian Sanshi. I totally knew that. Sure. <laughs> My last name. No, it's a different uh, character, uh, uh, but uh, uh, uh. I'm joking. But usually we call it Sanshi, Sanshi. I'm sure your wife would know that. But this year, there's no Sanshi. There's no 30th day. There's no 29th day. So 29th day is the, the New Year's Eve. And then you go straight into next year. There's so, it's a lot of, I think the lunar calendar you know, it's it's very telling from its name. It based mm-hmm. on how the moon moves around the earth. First day of the lunar calendar's spring, and it's also the first day of the lunar calendar's yeah. year. So it's actually the new year. That's why it's called Chinese New yeah. Year. Yeah. So, but people also also celebrate like a little bit at least Gregorian calendars like New Year because yep. people go out and kind of party like on the thirty first of December too. Yeah. So you guys kind of get two New Years. That's we got two New Years. <laughs> but of course, Chinese New Year is probably the biggest. No, no, is the biggest holiday in China. <laughs> <laughs> so kids get a time off too. You know, they get two weeks off or three weeks off. It's kind of like Christmas. So all the kids don't go yeah. to school ever. Actually, in the 1980s, I'm a little older, so I'm giving away my age here. In the 1980s, when when Christmas came, <laughs> nothing was open. I mean, it's like, well, there was stuff open, but it was like very limited, extremely limited. Everything yeah. was closed, even fast food restaurants. But, you know, increasingly towards the 90s and the early 2000s, like okay fast food places started staying open and then like some restaurant denny's and all these other yeah. places and then it's like not that much is actually closed really at all for christmas <laughs> but chinese new year it's like any mom and pop shop 
closed. Yep. There's a note on the window. Sorry, we ain't coming yeah. back. <laughs> We're gone and they have a date when they're coming back. But some of the international chains and like the really, they're still start. You can go to Starbucks sometimes for limited hours. There's like, yeah. you know, half day or something. Some of the days, maybe not on the actual day of, but like the days around, there's still stuff open. In my opinion, they're trying to do what the, <laughs> what the Chinese restaurants are doing for people on Chris during Christmas in America mm, to the, mm. to the expat is living in China it's like we know that it's not really your holiday and then some of I spent a couple of Christmas uh days alone in America and it I mean if there was no place that was open it even if it's not you know something that I traditionally celebrate growing up it's still mm. when everyone else in the country you're living in is having such a, a warm and happy time with their family and friends and you're alone and have no having nowhere to go that's kind of it's a little bit sad. So it really helps when businesses like, you know, the international chains here stay open or like the Chinese restaurant would stay open, would stay open in uh, uh, the United States just to help people drive away that little bit of loneliness that might have. Well, also, you're cornering the market. Like if everyone's closed and people are looking for something open, hey, it's time to make money. But, you know, you mentioned uh, what Chinese restaurants have been doing. In America, and that's really interesting because as a child, I didn't understand that. But there was a movie called the A Christmas Story, and it's about this family. And like, I guess it's the 1950s or 60s or something, mm -hmm. and like all this weird stuff that happens to them. Everyone in America knows the movie I'm talking about. It plays every Christmas like 20 times on every channel, <laughs> and like. Uh, at the end of the story, they're like they destroyed Christmas dinner and they need to have dinner. So they go out and the very last scene of the movie is them having a, like Peking duck in a Chinese restaurant. That's the end of the movie. And so it, the the conclusion of one of the most famous of all Christmas movies is going to a Chinese restaurant. Huh. <laughs> Taking over. <laughs> so, OK, so let's talk a little bit about this. Let's try to get into this massive topic. Yeah. I do not know the exact process. Every year I have to relearn it. So the first day you're supposed to be with your core family. So most people go home. That means going to wherever mom and dad or grandpa, whoever the most immobile person is. Everyone yeah. goes to their home. It usually means going to like a second or third tier town where grandma is or grandma is sometimes dro driven in or whatever yep. and you like all like hang out in the same house and uh so is there a rule about the very first day it, like in terms of whose family member there should be because i'm kind of winging it here <laughs> <laughs> well first the rule of thumb is just to follow your wife always whatever she says yeah, does, yeah, just yeah. follow it you know um <laughs> So I think I think varies a little bit in different parts of China, but usually generally, I think first day of China, which, you know, after you make dumplings, after you watch the New Year gala on, on TV and you come to the next morning, that's when you go and say happy Chinese New Year to your seniors, to, you know, your other family members, your uncles mm, and remote mm. uncles, whatever, if they live in the same city or village, that's when you go kind of just go to from door to door. So this is the day. Yes, this is this the, is the next Next day. Next day. This is so yeah. There's Chinese New Year Eve when you go and you accumulate at your families and you and you watch the gala and then day one, meaning in the daytime of the next day, which is what the actual first day or is that the second day? It's the actual first day. So the actual first day, not the Chinese New Year's Eve. The actual first day, you go to the 
all of see this is something that I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, need, I need clarification so i'm gonna ask you a question we yes, typically go and see the father's side on day one and the mother's day on all of her family go to their house one by one by one yeah on day two so is that is that the rule or is that just what my family is doing that is the rule sort of i think uh at least for most people that i know it's day one is when you i don't know like i think it depends on whose family you're staying with on you know for chinese mm, new year's mm, eve mm, and mm, then you go and say happy new year and if you're still much younger than either me or you you still get a red envelope you get you know money from the seniors for bowing and saying happy new year for sending uh, blessings and they give you money which is great but i don't have that privilege anymore and the second day the day after that the second day of the the new year is when uh traditionally when the wives would take their husbands back to the wife's family Mm. and we call it the returning and that's when you go see the the wife's side of family and you know you have to Bring some gifts and stuff. I mean, always. Hmm. And then you're going to have you're going to have a feast there as well. Like you would have in the first two days already, because it's all about hmm. it's all about big feasts. I think we need to slow down and we're going to have to go back and go through this again, because I think it's not entirely clear uh, because you and I have been through it. I think a lot of our listeners in America are like, what's going on? So, yeah, I think we need to slow down. So first, the eve of you go to, I guess, the father's side or whoever's home is important at, at that particular year or depending on the circumstances. You stay the night and you watch the thing called the Chinese New Year gala on that evening and you eat a ton of food like there's all these dumplings and all this stuff and i guess um i've been forced to drink alcohol i wouldn't say forced i've been encouraged to like (laughs) encourage heavily encouraged to cheer with dad and stuff and like drink a few shots of Baijiu or whatever. And so Baijiu is a, a heavy liquor. Yeah. And uh, we, then we watch this Chinese New Year Gala, which is this <laughs> super huge show that put, is on channel, every channel, actually. I was going to say, I was going to say channel one, but it's like on every channel. It is. And like, I guess a billion people watch this no. show. Not even just in China. Yeah. In America, Chinese families, even, you know, third generation, fourth generation families, they're still watching this show in America, like Chinese families in Malaysia, Chinese families, Singapore and Europe, everywhere. They're watching this show all all around the world yeah and uh it has there's all these different comedy bits and there's there are these huge dancing like routines with like hundreds of people that are super ornate and they've been practicing for months and like it just it's incredible really yeah i mean it's the biggest sort of uh i mean that is the part that's gonna accompany the chinese new year mm. dinner for for chinese people when we talk about spring festival or chinese new year time with your family you think about having the Chinese New Year Eve dinner in front of your TV watching the Chinese New Year gala. Mm. That's kind of the, you know, that's how people Mm. think about Christmas or at least from what I know, you think about sitting by the fireplace and reading Christmas story or, you know, mm-hmm, eating turkey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's the dinner with the dumplings on t- on the table and watching the gala is kind of the set for us. Like we have to do that. And then the Chinese New Year's gala, because usually award ceremonies in the States would go for maybe three and a half hours, mm, right? Mm. Around that time, Chinese New Year gala goes on from 8 p.m. all the way to 1 a.m. And it's been live. It's been live for over 30 years. Basically, whoever the most famous celebrities 
from that year, like in the biggest movies and the biggest TV shows and the biggest music. Like if you if you had a very successful pop song that year, guess what? You're going to be on stage at the Chinese New Year Gala that year. Everyone who is like currently super relevant to like Chinese pop culture yeah. is on that stage at some point giving a speech or performing or like introducing someone else or like be waving from the audience or something. It's like a who's who of who's relevant and cool yeah. and like Chinese, you know, popular <laughs> culture. That's like the ultimate trophy of saying that you have made it. That You could go on the Chinese New York Gala. And, and do you know this, Jason? You know, one of the most watched performances, one of the performances in the States that people look forward to the most is probably the Super Bowl halftime show, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know what Chinese people call that? We call it the American Chunwan, the American Gala. The American oh. Spring Festival Gala, because it's the it's the same kind of expectations from people of that country. I know that there's the actual main Chinese New York Gala that happens on the eve of that's everybody's watches. But there's also like a secondary gala that like happens like the next day. Sometimes my wife is watching what looks like a Chinese New York Gala kind of show. Mm-hmm. I was like, is that the Chinese gap? No, she's like, this is the other gala or something. Yeah. Like, so there's like subsequent galas to follow the first gala. I guess you're like, oh, you were the runner-up like coolest show <laughs> sort of yeah it's hosted by by local tv stations and they mm. also put a lot of the uh, work and a lot of organizing to it so they're all good qualities mm. usually and you will see most of the celebrities that you like it's also for those of uh, our american listeners who may not know about this show it's also not just in one place they do have a huge hall a huge concert hall that they use but they also go off site for like cameras that are set up like yep. in like another city where there, you know, a thousand people going to do a performance <laughs> like all at the same time somewhere. So they have cameras everywhere from every angle and they're showing like some super massive show of like, I don't want to s- describe one of them because <laughs> they're all unique and they're all so beautiful and they're all take so much effort. It must yeah. cost an enormous amount of money to put this gala on, honestly. I am pretty sure, but that's like, I think that's a really sort of a good way because if you think about all the actors that are involved in participating, Mm. you know, involved in making this gala happen, everybody kind of feels like they're a really important part of it. You know, I missed my chance. I used to do like dance class when I was a little kid, when I was like five or something. And then for those kids who could go and perform one, because so here's the kind of the components of the gala every year doesn't matter how the shows or the programming changes there's always going to be something that's dedicated to the senior citizens of the country something Mm, that's mm. dedicated to the kids Mm, mm. something that's dedicated to each profession Mm. and so for the kids part i feel like that's when it was would be the easiest for me to just be like oh hey i look cute enough i could be on this (laughs) show but i missed that chance but i imagine if you have ever been part of that thing it would be a really great memory like you that would be something that you could always talk about well i don't want to brag i do want to brag okay so when i was Uh i I was working for a training school teaching english in uh, beijing Uh and this was 2018 i'm not going to say the name of the young man but i had a student in it who was about six or seven at that 
that time. And he was on the Chinese New Year Gala. He was on the stage. Aww. So I felt because he was on the stage, I felt I was represented and I felt very special right? that year. You and felt- I was like, I was, you know, referring to my, my wife's mom and dad. I was like, hey, guys, <laughs> mom, 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 that's my student. That's my student. And my wife's looking at me like, are you making this up? You better not be lying. I was like, no, 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 that's my student. He's my student. And they're like, OK, I'll tell them then. And then they were like, mm, you know, like, like suspect, then- really? He, this, that, he's on the Chinese New Year gal. He's your student, sure. But he was. He was. It's true. It's true. Doesn't it feel doesn't it feel like you've done something amazing yeah. as well? I was like, yes, maybe his grammar was slightly better because of me. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't speaking English on the show. He's speaking Chinese. I'm going to go back and look up what six year old kid was on the New Year's Gala of 2018. <laughs> I know. Let's talk about food a little bit. Like, okay, for example, on a person's birthday in China, people are supposed to eat long noodles. Yeah. represent. So could we go over the food for day one, day two, day three? Is there a specific kind of food that you're supposed to eat on each day? Um, On the seventh day, of course. And then I think I I know this uh, for a fact that the traditions are, or the rules, at, like we would say, are very different from even cities. And then let alone south versus north. That's like the eternal uh you know competition between what you should do because mm. northern people like us uh and i'm pretty sure your wife had wife's family has the same tradition we eat dumplings mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right we make dumplings and we try to make fish because the sound mm. of the word mm-hmm. fish is the same with the word but something like that it means good fortune prosperity yeah it means good fortune and you'll always have something mm. in your you know reserve and you're you're never gonna starve and then um of course if you have like chicken and uh usually like a really big pork dish or whatever uh just a lot of meats and Mm. dumplings but for southern provinces i only know some of them that they make this kind of sticky rice cake because Mm -hmm. the sound of sticky is the same with the sound of uh year so Mm -hmm. that's how they celebrate and they of course they cook a big meal as well but the dishes are different and for us basically because you cook you make so many dumplings on new year's Mm, eve mm. there's no way you're gonna finish them so you kind of just end up having to eat the dumplings that you make on that night the (laughs) night before for the next couple of days Uh. but on the seventh day and i think within the first month of the lunar calendar on the seventh day the 17th day and the 27th day you were supposed to eat Mm. noodles okay so i want to go back to something that happened to me my first or second chinese new year i don't remember exactly it was with my my wife's parents my wife ate was eating a dumpling and she bit down on something she's like ah (laughs) and she pulled a coin out and i was like oh okay and she's like yeah coin is really uh you know good luck and we she puts one in the dumplings i was like oh okay i'll be careful (laughs) anyways so i was like i also joked you know i'm a i kind of try making offhanded remarks that are like you know just whatever i i'm thinking i have no filter (laughs) so i was like oh i wish mine had a coin in it you know kind of thing yeah it's a joke and so next year there were like 10 coins it's always like that every other 
Every few dumpling was like, ow. <laughs> and it was like, oh, you're lucky. Look how lucky you are. You have five coins in this year, Jason. And I was like, I shouldn't have made that comment. <laughs> I was I was a stickler for coins and dumplings. And and for, uh-huh. for but before we go on, I do like to make the 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 you know a, a disclaimer. It's not that we just pick up a coin and we put it in the dumplings. We do we do clean it. We clean it and we put it in like boiling hot water for a long time. And then hmm. most some people after if they they find the coin in the dumpling, they just don't eat that dumpling. And I will I still eat it because you know whatever. But man, I was such a little mm, that word the a word when I was a kid. I would. Where's my coin? I would not let anybody leave the table until at least i've found all the coins and usually they only put like one or two because you want it to be special right Mm, mm, and then mm. according to my parents i don't recall this but according to my parents i would cry and roll on the floor if the two coins were in other people's bowls and i didn't get (laughs) i would cry all the way until midnight i wouldn't sleep i was so horrible so later on my mom would sometimes she would because for some reason she always gets the coin and i'm not saying she's cheating but she always gets the coin (laughs) she cooks the food she gets the coin she marks it she marks it (laughs) no but she always gets it even when she when we're in my my dad's side of the family or when we go back to her side of the family or on our own like she always gets the coins and so i was so devastated for not getting the coin there was one year she she actually bit into the dumpling and she found the coin and she just kind of it was a little gross too so she like she kind of sped out the coin and then she picked another dumpling and she just like handed it to you you know and stuck the dumpling the the coin into that dumpling and gave it to me and said look this dumpling looks like it has a coin inside and then i was like oh yeah i got the coin Aww. and then she broke the magic by telling me years <laughs> well you know that's a really interesting you know yeah okay so going back to the amount of dumplings i want to emphasize that too i know that you already went over the sheer amount of dumplings one year <laughs> i was we went to grandma's house and this for the eve of and not just mom and dad's house and brought grandma and because we went yeah everyone was like oh we all have to go you can't be the only ones that go hang out with grandma at her house <laughs> so it was like four <laughs> families together all staying at grandma's house fortunately grandma had like two of those kind of old school houses so we were spread out it was okay but like yeah there were all of these master dumpling makers all there, right? So they're like, okay, we're, yeah. we're going to go. And it was not just like a couple of trays of dumplings. It wasn't just like 100 dumplings. They made like 500 dumplings between these four master dumpling ladies. And it was just, oh, wow. it was just, there were dumplings everywhere. When we were leaving two days later, they're like, here's a bag of dumplings. And it's like, yeah, thank you for the giant bag full of dumplings because you made like hundreds and hundreds of dumplings it was dumplings are the chinese turkey guys dumplings are the chinese (laughs) turkey you bring leftovers it was great because each one of these families even though they're related through this one old lady they all have their different styles so it was like okay these are these kind of dumplings and those are those kind of dumplings it was like being spoiled rain having dumplings rain on you i was about to ask for them to make 500 dumplings between four people were they all the were they the folded ones or were the the squeeze ones i don't even know if that makes sense to you both they yeah i know what you mean so yeah the way that they fold the dumpling for the people at home they can fold it along the edge so it kind of looks like a, i don't know half moon or they could twist the top 
clothes. So it kind of looks like the, uh, what is that yeah. dim sum kind of style in the South? Kind of like that. Yeah. You have to do it yourself to know. You know, because I've lived in China a long time. I've also been like, okay, I want to try my dumpling, you know, powers. I want to see how it goes. <laughs> the first two times were awful, tragic. You know, it, it does take some skill. Like I was like, I did the first time it was just not finely diced enough. Like I was like, oh, that's fine enough. Oh, nope, it was yeah. not. And then <laughs> the second time it was like, I tried to make my own dough. And like, it was like, just uh. when I put it to boil, it just disintegrated into like goo but you know (laughs) (laughs) for me my most successful attempt was going to the grocery store and buying the stack of the little i I don't know what they're called the skins of the dumpling yeah and then okay if and really putting the you know couple hours into finally dicing everything and then it's like ah they i succeeded my wife's like yeah you did okay yeah i was like okay I, I that for me was like I've got a pass. I don't need to make dumplings anymore. <laughs> I I did that when I was in the states because I uh, sometimes just want a quick meal, and then making dumplings is always something that really screams home mm, for mm, me. And when mm. I really missed home, and it's easy because I could do the seasoning myself. So it's like some sort of authentic Chinese food that I could get. But also it was a really big bragging right that I had when I was in the States. I'd be like, hey guys, do you want to come over tomorrow or some sometime this weekend? Uh, I will be cooking. And they're like, oh, what are you making? I'm like, I'm making dumplings. They're like, oh, okay, that's great. I'm like, <laughs> you don't get it. No, I am making dumplings <laughs> from scratch. I'm making dumplings from scratch, okay? It's not the store-bought skins that you can just... Because for those, you Mm. have to... Because it's machine cut, you have to put Mm -hmm. water along Mm -hmm. sort of the outer edge so that it sticks, right? It doesn't have... I am such an advocate for the (laughs) quote-unquote soul in the food. (laughs) It doesn't have the soul when you roll the skin yourself, although it is a Mm. lot of work. It's a lot of work. You know, I have to say... uh, I'm going to brag about my wife a little bit here. This year, she was like, I, every year I was like, you know, I want something that tastes. I want some flavor. So this year she actually tried. Uh, it wasn't for Chinese New Year. It was just because she had like a craving for dumplings. Just like you talked about, you know, it feels like home. She's like, um, she put really spicy peppers in and like finely diced those like really, really spicy ones. And she made the best dumplings I've ever had. And, you wow. know, a lot of husbands might say that about their wife's cooking to like get a point or something. I'm not just trying to get a point here. <laughs> She literally made the best dumplings I've ever had. Now, I, I now for Chinese New Year next year, I'm kind of wondering, can she make them and not mom? Oh, you got to be really careful there, Jason. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Maybe she could help. They could they could work together as a team and I could be in the background like rooting them on. Yay, yay. Yeah, but I want to I want to quickly teach uh, to whoever that's listening like Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know you know this Chinese uh expression would very much applicable when situations like this happen when the husband is trying to make sure that the wife knows i'm being really really sincere and you know i am saying the hmm. things with the best intention it's called the survival desire <laughs> <laughs> like the st- desire is strong <laughs> okay so uh you mentioned earlier red envelopes could you describe to talk about this what is this what is a red envelope alex the red envelope is itself is pretty straightforward. It's a little envelope that is red, but inside of the envelope, there is money. It's a tradition that senior members of the family would give envelope, uh, red envelopes that, that are filled with money. Not filled, it's, you know, 
not a significant amount, but by doing that, it's like kind of passing on the senior family members' blessings and best wishes mm. uh, and fortunes, of course, to the younger members of the family. But mm. to get that, of course, you have to go and sort of bow. And then in older days, you have to, you know, really kowtow and get on your knees and, and make sure and say, Grandpa, happy Chinese New Year. I wish you a long life and a uh, happy life, whatever. There's a lot of like different ways of saying those uh, words of best wishes. And then your family member, your, your parents, would give you money your uncles would give you money mm. the aunts and uncles-in-laws and all of the in-laws everybody as long as they're older than you most of the time they will give you money the amount is different but the, the intention is, mm. is all the same and it's probably the happiest time for a little kid but it's ironic and funny because as a little kid you don't really know how to spend the money. It doesn't really matter how much New Year's Eve or New Year's money you get. You can't really do anything with it. You know, when mom and dad in America give you money or like it's usually like go and buy candy, toys, whatever. So what do is there an expectation on how Chinese children should use the money or should they save it? Or should they are they allowed to go buy like junk with it? Or is it just theirs to do as they please? I can't speak on other families. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you my family. My mom was giving me this. My poor mom. I talk about her too much. She She's like, uh, you know, you're still very young, especially when I was like around 10 or something. I don't get a lot of money because I was still cute back then. And all of my family members are just like, oh, my cute little <laughs> Chaoxian, here's your money. Yeah, happy New Year. And my mom's like, look, I, I will keep all of your money for you. Your money will be safe here with me. And then when you want to buy stuff in the future, you know, we can use this money towards whatever books or stationery you want to you want to buy for your school and for whatever. Mm. And I really very soon that that was a lie she hmm. never kept the money she used it on whatever she wanted to buy <laughs> <laughs> or she, she and she and my dad would would because people play i didn't see that coming i thought you were gonna say and then i turned 15 and i had, I had a trust so fund. many hundreds of rmb <laughs> no i never got i never got any i remember when i was like 12 or 13 that's when you had you start to have a little better idea of what money was mm. and i mm. remember my aunt gave me like 2000 quiet i was like oh wow. my god this is yeah i was like this is the best this is the best aunt you could have in the world <laughs> like she gave me two thousand quad and i gave that to my mom and of course I, I never saw that money ever again and i was like mom you're taking my money it's like this is like the halloween candy you know in the previous episodes you had mentioned that mom sent you a ton of money when you went to college so maybe you know she didn't save it per se and calculate it exactly but you still got the karma of that money later <laughs> okay that's a very that's a good way to look at it i won't hold it against <laughs> her i won't hold it against her but still it's like my parents it's like those videos where your parents ate your halloween candy you're like where's my candy you know i want to talk a little bit about american culture and money giving you know we don't get like envelopes of money and it's like cash all the time as kids but you know one thing that i remember my grandfather on my mother's side he used to, i didn't see him very often like two or three times a year but every time i would see him he would do the uh, like trick where he pulls money out behind my ear. And, you know, when you're four, uh. that, there's no magic in it. It's like, oh, wow, money. Where did that come from? <laughs> and you're just mesmerized and shocked. And he would give me a silver dollar or sometimes he would give us two dollar bills. Yeah. And so, like, it was not a lot of money. But every time I remember, oh, this is money, grandpa. I'm going to have a great trip. Yeah, you're 
they're like, I have money dropping from my body. I'm a money machine. You know, it wasn't a lot. Nowhere near 2000 RMB. But, you know, it was very nice to just like have a little bit of money. Yeah. Kind of off topic. I wanted to ask about allowance. You know, I think we can. We just have we're going to take a little side trip to allowance. Sure. In my family, when I was a kid, every week my for doing my chores, which was like a list of things, Mm -hmm. you know, empty the dishwasher, you know, go and bring the trash out, put the trash bins at the end of the curb kind of stuff. I get $2 a week. And so I, I was actually the one I had, I have three brothers. I was the one brother that saved my money. And after I had like, you know, a hundred dollars or something, my mom helped me open a bank account, which they kind of oh, wow. controlled or whatever. <laughs> and I would take my allowance every week and go down, walk down. It was like a couple blocks away to the bank of America and like fill out a little form and like actually deposit into the account. And they thought it was so cute that this little like six year old or seven year old comes into the bank and tr- it deposits $2 every week. <laughs> and when I was like, a teenager, it was actually a pretty significant amount of money. I, I rarely spent it on, you know, because I, this was my thinking. I was kind of like, when I go to the grocery store, what I want is ice cream. And if I just say, mom, can I have ice cream? She's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Go, here's some money. Go get ice cream. And I still get my allowance money. And my brothers, they would use their allowance money to go get ice cream. So I was like, why should I have to pay twice? If I save my money, I'm still getting ice cream anyway. So like, I don't, yeah. I don't see the point anyways. So I was wondering as a Chinese kid in your family anyways, because you know, like you said, it's not all the same. Did you get an allowance or when you wanted candy, how did that work? Very, I get very little uh, allowance when I was a kid. And then my parents never try to say you need to do chores so that you could get some allowance. And basically they're like, you need to grow into an independent person. So wash your own clothes and there is no incentive. <laughs> behind it <laughs> there's nothing behind it but i would get like five or ten kwai kind of just as emergency money when i was you know a kid because going to school they either i take the small bus i think we talked about this mm. i take the small bus that's like 50 cents um and then lunch is taken care of by the school or we bring our mm. own mm. so i don't really have to spend money but in junior high i would have like five or ten kwai on me from time to time and i remember back then like a bowl of uh cold noodles or the the korean bulgogi whatever um would cost mm, like mm. 15 kwai so it's like really cheap but i've rarely spent that money um i only this is gonna sound so silly i only started spending money because i was trying to watch this guy in my school play basketball during lunch break and i would <laughs> i would i would skip my lunch and i would have to buy something uh, right before I have to go back to class. So my money was spent on that. And then when I sort of had like a shortage of stuff, I just started making trips for my parents going to the grocery store mm. when they needed something. And then they would give me 10 kwai. And then I'll be like, oh, you know, it's a, uh, if it's six, uh, 50, I'd be like, oh yeah, it's seven. And then I keep like 50 cents. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> Does mom speak English, Alex? Nope, not at all. This is why I'm saying all of these things. <laughs> oh, so this podcast is safe from her ears. Very. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Back. 
back to, switching back to Chinese New Year, the whole process of Chinese New Year is like two week arc, right? Uh, yes, because it goes over to the 15th day. That's kind of the uh, end of the official celebration of the Chinese New Year. That's an, a special day. And I, I always get that one confused with another Chinese holiday. So could you describe what is supposed to happen? What is the significance of the 15th day of Chinese New Year? So the 15th day, like, like I said, it's kind of the whole progression of what we do and how the Chinese lunar calendar works is by is around the moon, right? So on the 15th mm-hmm, day, mm-hmm. that's when you have the full moon. Although people do say the moon on the 16th is more round than the one on the 15th. But mm. the 15th day, it's kind of like it's full circle. It's a, a, a full moon on, you know, in the sky. That's like, all right, we've done this whole thing. We've had a long break and we will, you know, celebrate one last time and we could go on and start doing whatever else we need to do with our lives. And on that day, it's called the, oh, wow. It's called the Lantern Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, That's when you're supposed to, because uh, in, in ancient China, that's when everyone has finished celebrating the, the occasion with their family. Mm-hmm. And then usually there will be these fairs or markets with these Chinese lanterns and people are all coming around. It happens at night as well. And people are coming out with their own lanterns. So, um, that's what people would do. And of course, there's like all kinds of snacks and different uh, crafts that people could buy um, and just really walk around and have fun. Now we have seven day vacation for the Chinese New Year. So by the time the Lantern Festival starts, it, we're already most of us are already back to work, although some people will probably use their uh, annual vacation or, or days off to have a longer mm-hmm, break. Mm-hmm. But that day, it's important to eat uh, this thing. I'm not sure about the official translation. I call them the glutinous rice balls. Yeah, yeah. Tangyuan. And again, it's different in, in South and the North. Again, mm, like mm. everything else. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that. I don't know. Did you grow into liking them? Because I know a lot of people didn't like them. A lot of expats. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a big fan. But my my wife makes me eat them. She okay. Eat one of these. I don't like it. Just have one. Go go go. It's good for you. I was like, yes, sure, okay. That that's a lot of things that happen. You know, I actually one of you're speaking of growing into. Well, another topic way later. You know, many months from now, uh, we should talk about uh, mid autumn festival. Zhongzi. Yeah. When I oh, well, no, 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 different I thought one. You were talking about no, the not, moon cake. Yeah, moon cake. Yeah, moon cake. Yeah, Mid Autumn Festival Mooncake. Uh, ah. I at first I was like, oh, don't like this, <laughs> but then I I had some different kinds. I was like, oh my god, these are good. Yeah, like it just depends on which one you get. I guess maybe also personal taste and stuff. Exactly. But, um, I have, yeah, I have to stop my boyfriend from eating too many of those. I, I just have to binge on them. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the Zodiac, but not too much because that's a whole other topic yeah. because I want to talk about red socks. <laughs> so, or red, red clothes, I guess it's not just yeah. socks, right? So if, if it's your animal, it, that it's becoming or that it was, I guess it's the new year. So the it's becoming the new one. Yeah. So if you're a snake and it's becoming the snake year, or if you're a goat, it's becoming goat year, then yeah. you need to wear red. I guess some people do it for the Chinese new year, 15 days. And some people do it for the entire year. Yeah. Why is that? I know people who do that for the entire year, but it's not, it's not just, you have to have red clothes on the entire year, like this whole year, 300. 65 days you're only wearing red it's this thing that people believe that when you are when it's your animal ear a lot of um there might be something that's going to go against your wish and you're going to have quote unquote bad luck 
and wearing red. And especially like, that's why, um, I'm not sure if you have been asked or you've been advised to wear, uh, red, uh, long johns or undershirt or whatever, because that color is right next to your skin. So it helps you kind of block off any, um, bad luck, any like, you know, evil power spirit or whatever. It's, it's, it's part of our tradition. It's a little superstitious, but it doesn't hurt because the color of Chinese new year is red. Um, I'm sure you've seen, it's like a, an ocean of red stuff, right? Yeah. 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 It's golden red, golden yeah. red. And then, you know, if you have some red under your sweater, under your pants, like nobody else sees it, but it's just kind of fun. And it's, for me, it's a little, it's like whenever it's the, year of um uh, any of my family members were just like oh god you're gonna we're gonna see you in an entire red outfit at home and it's kind of funny <laughs> and then i know i know i have this friend a dance friend who uh she goes by these apparently there's more to just wearing red when it's your when it's your animal ear mm, mm. you have to abide by some other rules like for example this year you're not supposed to wear black like you could do whatever other color you just don't wear black or the next year mm. do not wear green so apparently there's a lot more that goes into this whole belief but the red thing is kind of just for the the first week or the you know the before the until the 15th mm. day but i think everybody could wear red socks and usually we have a little mm -hmm. have you had those sock red socks with a little person when it was on the bottom yes 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 did i didn't i didn't know uh, yeah i did <laughs> but what i got was it was my year and like my family was like here are your two packs of red socks and then, they, <laughs> then my wife suddenly disappeared all my other socks and it was like no these are your socks for the year and i was like okay and when people asked me I, it was fun because people would ask me all the time Jason, why are you wearing red socks with that suit? Um, <laughs> you look a little peculiar. I was like, this is warding off evil, I'm told. To say the least, a little peculiar. <laughs> and I'm glad, I'm glad you followed. Well, I had no option. It was like, yeah, these are your socks. Here you go. <laughs> wear them. Yeah. You pull the drawer open and there's nothing but red socks in there. You have no yeah. recourse but to wear red socks. Yeah. And did they have the little the little person, the little stick figure on the on the bottom of them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we call I those. I didn't know why. Do you know now? No, I don't. I don't know this is the first i've heard of it they ah. were just on my socks and i was like okay yeah so there's a, a meaning because it's because the little person is printed on the bottom of your socks on the bottom of your feet so when you walk you're stepping them down and we call those things the you know little persons or this is gonna sound so wrong i'm sorry we call those like the you know the the small small figures and in chinese there's a word called literally little human or small human uh 小人, which means basically meanies you know people who are very mean and people who are hmm. going to hurt hmm. you and so on chinese hmm. new year we step uh, we step on those people we put those people under our feet and so every step we take for the new year we're going to Make sure that these people step on the meanies. Yeah, we're not going to let these people get wow. in our way. So wait, wait, you went mm. so fast. And for me, and I know that some of our listeners are going to be a little bit like, oh, there's a superstition. We need to follow the superstition. So you were saying no black. So wait, for the whole year of your year, you're also not supposed to wear black. Is that correct? I, I, I don't really know what the friend that I was referring to, what she believes in. But I'm pretty uh, sure there is. Yeah, not for not for everybody else. But she was very, very, very particular because we danced together and um, we had to do a performance that time. And the teacher was the instructor was asking us to wear black outfits. And she just very politely said, I can't I could wear other dark colors, but 
I am not supposed to to wear uh, a a black color. Um, so she's and but it's not like she's like a weird superstitious person <laughs> all the time. She's mm, just mm. that's something that she she believes. And sometimes I don't know. We can't. We really don't know what those things are. Sometimes they work. I don't know. So you were you say you lived in um I'm sorry, was it New York or Boston? Both. I, I get confused. Both. So th- th- I assume that there I know in New York there's a Chinatown. Is Boston Boston assume I assume there there's a Chinatown there? Boston has a Chinatown as well. It's a small it's a it's smaller Chinatown. But so were you in either of these cities during Chinese New Year in in the past? Always. All of my and, five and a half five Chinese New Years. Oh, well, I celebrated one back here, but the, the other four I was in I was in Boston and New York. And how did they celebrate uh, Chinese New Year in, in New York or Boston? Usually it's just a parade, you know, the the lions, the lion dance would would be the lions would be out dancing and there's some sort of like drum, you know, those traditional Chinese drums, um some sort of band. It's very, you know, like I said, of course it's very Chinese, but it's kind of a show for everyone to observe. It didn't feel as intimate or private mm. or makes me feel like this is something for me. It felt more like Chinese New Year when I invited friends over mm, and we cooked mm, up a big mm. meal together and I could be the star of the show because I made the dumplings from scratch. Mm. Um, that made me feel like, you know, that's more uh, how I want to celebrate Chinese New Year. I did do something that's a little crazy when I was in Charlotte that year. Mm-hmm. I invited friends over and, and you know, Charlotte reality doesn't have as many Chinese people living there. So they're not, pe- my friends in Charlotte, they did not know Chinese culture very mm-hmm. well. So they didn't really know what to expect or what to do or whatever. So when I invited them, I invited seven different friends and they just all brought different kinds of alcohol. <laughs> and I for- I forgot how I got my hands on some firecrackers. <laughs> and I wasn't sure if I was allowed to play the firecrackers. Mm. But my friends were very enabling. They were just saying... Alex, look, people do all kinds of things. And this is, it's, it's not those long ones. It's like a small pack. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. if you light it, it would pop, go pop, off pop, in pop, pop, three pop. seconds. Done. Yeah. yeah. Right. They're like, no, Alex, you will be okay. This is your day. It's your holiday. Do whatever you want. And I'm like, no, there's still law and regulations. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to do it. And then they go, look at these alcohol this will make you feel confident. This will give you, you know, <laughs> courage to do it. And and we did. And we just we went to the yard and th- there was no one else outside and light up the firecracker. And I just, I dashed out. I ran back <laughs> to my friend. I was like, I do not want people to see that it was me. <laughs> but it was fun. That was yeah, fun. I think your friends are right. There's a lot of like instances in life in America where breaking the law is like kind of like fine. Like on New Year's Eve, December 31st, like you're not supposed to use a gun and shoot shoot into the sky but people if you're you know in a rural area and like people you'll hear guns going off at, at, at new year's yeah. people will be shooting you know a lot it's not like people like people <laughs> run outside it's like a gun festival or something but you know you hear the occasional gunshot pow because people are like yay it's yeah. you know, and that's not that's technically not legal yeah because you know the bullet comes down somewhere yeah. and maybe it could hurt someone potentially but still i imagine if you go to the ball drop in new york and you just happen to be i don't know like if you're drinking at a bar along uh uh one of the fifth, like, I don't know, one of the avenues, I don't even remember. And then when the, before the ball drops, you just come out with a gl- 
glass in your hand, I don't think the police is going to come out and be like, you have to go back inside immediately. And, you know, <laughs> how dare you be drinking? In I know. So, you know, I lived in San Francisco a long time and, uh, you know, I don't actually know the statistics, but it felt like half of people in San Francisco or maybe at least a third are of Asian descent. So on the west side of San Francisco, you have a lot of Chinese families living in a district called Sunset and north of the Golden Gate Park, you have like Presidio Pan, uh, north of Panhandle. There's a lot of Chinese families there. It's like a, almost a second Chinatown there that people kind of it's not called anything. There's just a few streets that are just covered like in 100 percent like Chinese shops and stuff. And then you have Chinatown, of course, downtown. And so like. It's not just in the Chinatown area that, that Chinese New Year's is celebrated. They actually just Market Street, which is like the, you know, like the Broadway of San Francisco. And there's, like you said, a parade. It's not just like a small parade. It is super massive. And like there's this just super massive Chinese parade going down Market Street for like an, a few hours. And like Chinese New Year in San Francisco, at least, is a massive citywide holiday. It is it is huge. I guess it does make sense because the, the San Francisco Chinatown is the oldest Chinatown in the United States. It has, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it is. It is the first Chinatown in, in the entire America mm, because mm. of the, the railroads. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so they, yeah. And so, and like you said, it's, it's, there's a huge Chinese population there, people with Chinese cultural background. So that kind of calls for um, a big celebration. I wonder if you could spin it like this, you know, not a, not every Chinese person like says, oh, I'm a Taoist or I have a religion. A lot of people wouldn't. But, you know, everywhere you see, I can, I'm, I'm going to mispronounce this name, this god called Caishan. It's like the god of money. That's not bad at all. And that is kind of a Taoist god. So you could kind of just say it's my religion. And you could get a day off in America <laughs> because you could say it's a religious holiday. I'm here to worship the god of money, Caishan. Look at this. This says Chinese New Year. This is the god Caishan, right? And you could like, this is my holiday. I'm taking this day off yep. to worship the god of money for Chinese New Year. <laughs> all my brothers and sisters, all my brothers and sisters in the United States, lesson up. This is your trip. <laughs> this is it. You go to your boss and then, then they have to, you know, right now with the climate in America about being very culturally sensitive. If they're what are they going to do? Mm -hmm. Say no. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, now I'm offended. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You better not have said that. I'm going to so like cancel. Cancel. I'm going to you are so canceled. <laughs> <laughs> this is my religion I'm talking about. Yeah. I want to tell you a story about my first Chinese New Year. Okay, I'm all ears. I came here in 2000 and met my, what, who was then just my girlfriend. And I was going to visit her and her parents and stay in a hotel separately, obviously. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was going to visit her and her parents in uh, their hometown of Yantai, Shandong. I was leaving Beijing mm -hmm. and it was like the like the day before it was like the no i think it was the the evening of like when the fireworks start for the first day of chinese new year and i didn't really know what what is chinese new year you know okay cool we're gonna eat dumplings and stuff great <laughs> so I, I, I went to t3 and i got on an airplane and uh as i was taking off i was looking i had a window thank goodness <laughs> and i saw something i'd never seen before it looked like you know, you know, when you're watching a Star Trek or something, there's a shield around the spaceship. <laughs> it looked like the entire surface of Beijing, about 
I don't know, just above the surface, there was some kind of shield because there was like light, a lights of every kind of color, like rainbow of lights over the entire surface of Beijing. I was leaving just as the evening hit. So the darkness had just started to fall. It was going to get darker, but it wasn't quite dark. And like the entire city was covered in a sheet mm -hmm. of fireworks from one side to the other. And as we were taking off in the plane, I just was like, what did I just, I should have, maybe I should have stayed. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is so cool. What am I missing? And, you know, I got to see it later in different years where I was in Beijing during the, when this happened. Uh, and like every single intersection, every single street, everywhere, just fireworks, one after another, lobbing into the sky. Boom, 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 boom. Not, you cannot <laughs> get this stuff in America. Like you think the 4th of July fireworks. Oh my gosh, there's nothing. It's nothing compared to what happens nope, in China. Not at all. Oh my goodness. It's like 20, 30, 40 times as many fireworks. They're like flying up. This all of these fireworks are obviously highly illegal <laughs> in the United States unless handled by a professional. And they're just everywhere. Yeah. Obviously around I think it was 2016 or 17, they made it so you have to go outside of the fifth ring in Beijing because they were worried about fires and stuff. But a lot of other cities, this still happens. Fireworks are just such a massive deal. And like, you know, you can smell, I guess it's sulfur. Like yeah, after, you know, for a couple of days afterwards, like and it's just amazing. It's really just epically beautiful. I wish this kind of stuff happened. You know, I, w I go to the pier for the New Year's event in San Francisco, or I did yeah. when I was living there. And you, everyone would stand there and count down and fireworks would come off of these barges sitting in the bay air in the bay. And so you would see it. it they're like almost that big. You can just buy them yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just everywhere. You can hear the rumbling. Cats and dogs are like <laughs> hiding behind sofas and under under beds because like the, the rumble. And if you're in a, a building where you're like on the 20th floor or something, you're, you could just look out the window and fireworks are going off in front of you. Boom, boom, boom. It's just amazing. I know, but it's uh, I, I remember feeling because I think we're our China is kind of an expert at at firework shows mm, and especially mm, after you know after 2008 after the opening ceremony of the olympics you're like no firework show in the world is gonna top that that was crazy when you <laughs> saw those you know those footprints going across beijing mm. um but i remember when i went to the states for the first year the first uh fourth of july uh i was in boston and we went to what was that place called? It might be called the Boston Commons. And don't shame me if I said it wrong, but it's close to the state house and you could just see the fireworks. And I remember mm. I was there. Oh, sorry. It was Christmas. I remember I was there and I, I looked up and then the firework went on for about mm. five minutes. And it was that was it. There was no like super special print or uh, you know, interesting patterns or something that would spell out Merry Christmas in the sky or something like that. And so, <laughs> and I was just like, all right, that's really, that's, this is, this is like the level of fireworks in my, in my mom's hometown, in my grandpa's backyard. Like, we would, <laughs> <laughs> but and we were a lot closer and I could set it off on my own. So, but the, the, the city, the city has banned it. I think you were correct when they said that they issued a ban that you have to, uh, you know, if you want to set off fireworks for Chinese New Year, has to be within a certain uh, period of time and it has to be outside of Fifth Rim Road. But I think ever since two years ago, maybe they I think they canceled everything. I'm not sure, but we don't really do that anymore, maybe because I'm growing older. But when I was a kid, oh, my God, I love that. I love being 
so close to the light and the noise. I it just, it's a different kind of excitement. I was, um, I think this is about mid fourth ring between fourth and fifth. I in Shijing Shan last year on the West side of Beijing. And it, so it's obviously not allowed there, but I, my window is facing to the West towards the mountains. And so I, I was like, okay, this is it. And I was like sitting there in a chair looking out my window. And uh, yeah, there were fireworks. You could see them because I could see the mountains, you know, like the hills out there. Mm. And like I could hear the rumbling and I could see the lights like layered on top of and all the mountains were sort of changing colors and stuff. So I was like, (laughs) okay, yeah, it's over there. But, you know, I'm too far away and I'm old and I'm like, I'm not going to go out and bother. But I could hear the rumbling and and like and is the, you know, the excitement was in me is like, ah, and my cat was like, what's going on? (laughs) Is that that the end? (laughs) I know. know. I I was just thinking about that. I felt like the the animals were probably like, what is going on in the human world? Sorry. Still uh, we are out of time, Alex. As usual, it has been thrill speaking with you. I hope this better prepares you for the upcoming Chinese New Year in two months. Yeah, and I hope also that this helps our friends in the United States have a better understanding of China and bridges our two cultures so that we have a better understanding of one another. Oh, it's always a pleasure speaking with you too, Jason. I think I uh, see you All next right. time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.